0: It's Thursday, December the 3rd, and this is your Morning Briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Chinese firms face American delisting and a breakthrough for lab-grown meat. First, the world in brief. Congress passed legislation to force Chinese companies listed on American stock exchanges to comply with American accounting standards. President Donald Trump is expected to sign the bipartisan bill into law. Currently, China blocks its firms from sharing audited accounts with American authorities. Without a change in that stance within the next three years, firms such as Alibaba and Tencent would be forced to delist. Singaporean regulators approved as safe for sale the first meat product that does not require killing an animal. The chicken bites produced by Eat Just, an American food maker, are the first lab grown meat to gain such an authorization in the world. The chicken cells are grown in a bioreactor fed on plant based nutrients. The first bites sold will be dished up in a posh restaurant. The Afghan government and the Taliban reached a deal to press on with talks on a ceasefire. It is the first written agreement in 19 years of war and was reached after months of negotiations in Doha, Qatar. America welcomed the news as a chance to end the conflict. Bangladesh's government has begun preparations to move thousands of Rohingya refugees who have fled persecution in neighbouring Myanmar to Basan Char, a remote island in the Bay of Bengal. Officials claim it is necessary to ease chronic overcrowding at camps in Cox's Bazaar. Human rights groups opposed the move, saying that the island is at risk of cyclones and tantamount to a detention centre. TUI persuaded private investors, banks and Germany's public sector to bail it out for a third time. Europe's largest tour operator will get 1.8 billion euros, 2.2 billion dollars, some 1.1 billion euros of which will be provided by German federal and state governments. TUI's finances have worsened again since travel restrictions were imposed across the continent after a second wave of Covid-19 cases emerged. America's 10-year break-even rate, a measure derived from the price of inflation-protected government securities, hit 1.83%, the highest in 18 months. The rate indicates expectations of future American inflation. Predictions for the average level of inflation over five years jumped to 2.25%, surpassing the Federal Reserve's target of 2%. Recent vaccine breakthroughs have heightened anticipation of an economic revival. And Valéry Giscard d'Estaing, the president of France from 1974 to 1981, died from coronavirus-related problems. He was 94. In office, he oversaw a modernization of society after years of Gaullist rule. Abortion was legalised, divorce laws relaxed, and the voting age lowered. He was also an architect of European integration. Not helped by the oil shock of the late 1970s, he lost the Élysée to the socialist François Mitterrand. And now, here's today's agenda, America second, the race for vaccine rollout. Yesterday's news that Britain had granted approval to the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine and will begin vaccinations next week was celebrated by Britons, less so across the pond. The decision has increased pressure from within the White House on the Food and Drug Administration to make a similar announcement. This may not be solely out of concern for public health. Donald Trump wants to claim credit for a vaccine while he is still president. He reckons that drug makers deliberately delayed positive vaccine news until after Election Day. That is unlikely. Although Pfizer is an American firm, American regulators have been hobbled by not accepting vaccine data on a rolling basis and by their insistence on holding a public meeting before making a formal decision. That meeting is scheduled for December 10th. Emergency authorization is expected, but when is uncertain. The Trump administration's acceleration effort might backfire if it fuels skeptics' fears that adequate safety tests were not undertaken before approval. In hot water, China's Coast Guard China's Coast Guard is already the largest in the world. Some of its cutters loom over the biggest warships in rival Asian navies. Today, a public consultation closes about a new law that would beef it up further. The proposed legislation would allow the Coast Guard to demolish buildings on Chinese-claimed reefs, board and expel foreign vessels, and use armed force to do so. The provisions of the draft law are not unusual by international standards. More worrying is that they cover the vast swath of ocean that China claims throughout the South China Sea, an area that has fizzed with tension over the past decade. China has used its Coast Guard not only for routine law enforcement like catching smugglers, but also to project power in the South and East China Seas. Earlier this year, Vietnam accused a Chinese Coast Guard vessel of ramming and sinking one of its fishing vessels. Such confrontations could get more fraught. General Unease – UN COVID-19 Summit The UN General Assembly begins a two-day special meeting on COVID-19 today with three big questions hanging over it. First, will better global collaboration in tackling the pandemic become possible once Joe Biden's administration takes office in America next month? Frustration at the inadequacy of concerted efforts caused the Assembly to vote a month ago to hold the summit, despite American objections to the prominence given to the World Health Organization. Second, will the world do enough to tackle the deepening humanitarian crisis caused by COVID-19? This week, the UN said that in 2021, a record 235 million people in the world's most vulnerable countries would need support, 40% more than its estimate a year ago for 2020, largely because of the pandemic. The third question relates to the rollout of vaccines. Will the needs of poorer countries be sufficiently taken into account in the coming scramble for immunisation? Don't bank on it. Knocked down but up again, Brazil's economy. In the three months to June, Brazil's economy shrank by a record 9.7% quarter-on-quarter. Most forecasters expect that today's third quarter figures will show a rebound of more than 8%. Big stimulus spending, including 265 billion reais, 51 billion dollars' worth of monthly corona vouchers for 68 million poor Brazilians, have boosted consumption, helped by an easing of social distancing rules. The stronger-than-expected recovery has prompted the government to project a smaller contraction of GDP in 2020, 4.5% rather than 4.7%. But fiscal uncertainty still looms as public debt approaches 100% of GDP. President Jair Bolsonaro and his government are scrambling to replace corona vouchers with a new poverty alleviation programme. Without one, and with unemployment at a record 14.6%, demand could drop. Meanwhile, Covid-19 cases and hospitalizations are rising in 12 of 26 state capitals. Sao Paulo, Brazil's economic engine, recently reverted to yellow status, telling businesses to reduce their hours and number of guests. Expect an economic rollercoaster ahead. Split Opinions – Kyle Rittenhouse in Court A trial that has divided opinions begins today in America. Kyle Rittenhouse appears in court in Kenosha, Wisconsin for a preliminary hearing. He is charged with six counts related to the shooting of three people, two of whom died during the civil unrest that engulfed the city in August. Many will see the case as a verdict on the American judicial system rather than on Mr. Rittenhouse. Some regard him as a vigilante who brought an assault weapon across state lines to a mostly peaceful protest and killed innocent people. To others, he is a hero who rushed to protect a city abandoned to rioting by the authorities and fired only in self-defence. Like the belief that the election was stolen, views on the case have become more a badge of allegiance than an impartial assessment of fact. Whatever the outcome, some will cry foul. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Robert Louis Stevenson, who died on this day in 1894. Don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds that you plant. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast.